Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Guy podcast. I'm Marvin and my call sign is W0MET. Whether you're an experienced ham or just getting started this podcast, this podcast is for you. We're bringing you the latest of topics, news, and information, and all things amateur radio each episode right here to this show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and we are now on iHeartRadio. Well, I wanted to um, start this episode with a couple things here, and we're going to be discussing emergency communications. Uh, this is just the beginning of several segments that we'll be talking about this as we do uh, hear the cry in politics all the time about uh, the change in climate and, and more you know severe storms are happening due to the climate. Uh, so I'm not making this pol- uh, political, but uh, not bringing politics into it. But we do see uh, more storms happening, and and you know just uh, as of today, um, Hurricane I believe Adaya has passed through Florida and moving up the East Coast. So we definitely uh, you know have uh, some storms going through, and uh, you know we've had tornadoes and other things and uh, wildfires going on in different states and. California and Louisiana, Hawaii. So, you know, definitely some crazy stuff and weather-wise. And so we're going to talk about emergency communications a little bit and, and got several episodes around that. Uh, next, I'll bring you an incredible short story out of Huntsville Hamfest that I covered and is now hitting several news sources. Uh, so the latest Hamfest schedule for September and much more. So stay tuned. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about was a product that I've been using for quite a while. And it's a Leatherman tool. Uh, in fact, it's the Leatherman Wave. And I used to carry a regular Benchmade pocket knife all the time. And, you know, someone showed this knife to me one day. And, and I thought, well, you know, that could be pretty handy. I, I really like that. So I went ahead and bought it. And uh, even though I had another Leatherman, I just, it was kind of bigger and bulky and uh, just kind of heavy as well. So I didn't, you know, carry it. I always kind of kept it in my truck as a backup if I. You know, needed a quick tool, didn't have a toolbox with me or something. Um, but the Leatherman Wave tool uh, has been my everyday carry now for probably a better part of six months, uh, probably eight months actually, since about the beginning of the year. And I've found great use with this uh, multi purpose tool. And, you know, I, I use it on a regular basis every day, uh, so much more than I did my knife. Now, I'm sure there are many of you that, you know, have used your pocket knives uh, as screwdrivers and pry tools. You know, all kinds of other things along the way as well. Uh, hammers and, you know, what, whatever you can think of. I mean, we, we, we take pretty good abuse of them. And uh, I, I just find that having this Leatherman tool, uh, I, I don't feel like I'm having to uh, tear down my blade. I'm not, you know, sharpen, uh, you know, when I'm trying to use the pry tool, I'm not breaking off the tip. So uh, a great uh, knife to use. I provided a Amazon uh, link uh, uh, in that um, uh, podcast show notes so that you can uh, click on that if you're interested in that. And something I bought additional with that that I've found really handy. And since I put the pocket clip on that knife, I carry that in my pocket every day, so I don't need the sheath for it. But I turn around and use the sheath to put in a 21-bit screwdriver attachments. And that's, yes, that's the thing about this Leatherman Wave is that it's got a place where you can pull out a bit, kind of put a flat bit back in, and you can have, you know, uh, a star bit or a Phillips bit, a flathead. Uh, it's got a variety of different bits you can fit on there. Just a very handy type of tool to have 
Uh, now, it doesn't have everything you need, but in a pinch, it'll probably cover what you need. And so I uh, just want to be able to share that with you, something I've really found handy. And I'll continue to uh, kind of share some of these things with you again, just making sure I'm educating you uh, and, and helping you in your ham radio journey as well for things that I've found handy in my own and hope that this will uh, help you in your everyday uh, life as well as it has mine. Well, the other thing I talked about a little bit was, uh, and it goes right along with where we're going this week on our emergency communications, and that is talking about the trailer. As you know, I'm still waiting for that to arrive. It has arrived at the dealer, uh, but I won't be able to pick that up for about another week yet. And so um, I've done some you know, parts gathering, um, kind of starting to like maybe put together a trailer layout a little bit of where I want to put things. And so it, it's, um, it's getting to be an expensive project already. Uh, and I haven't even got the trailer, but, uh, it, you know, solar panels and, 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 uh, lights on the outside. And, you know, we need to have, uh, like a plug for a generator and you need to have the, the solar panel connector and, and a solar controller and you need like a converter. And initially I thought, well, maybe I just need an inverter, but then, uh, doing some YouTube videos and things, I found that, nope, that's going to be um, a, con- a converter charger is what I want uh, to be able to make that. And then you got to find like a, a fuse block and, um, and you've got like a DC panel. So all kinds of stuff out there. And I will provide some links to all this stuff as I start to talk about that a little bit more and get into. Maybe I'll just do an episode right on the trailer itself. But uh, anyway... It's handy for maybe a club that wants to put a trailer together, or maybe you want to build your own MCOM trailer. Um, maybe you just want a trailer to use that you might go out to and do parks on the air with, or you want to make one for field day. Um, maybe you're more want to look, go off-grid living. This is certainly a trailer that you could do all that with and, and, and have some of these things available to make that happen. Uh, the battery I've got is a 100-amp LiPo battery, much cheaper than... Uh, what you'd buy for biennial battery. Biennial batteries are great, but they have a heck of a price with them. So uh, I'll get another episode. We'll talk about a little bit more what it consists of, what that looks like, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, looking forward to that uh, project still. Again, continue to share that with you as I continue to make progress and and get items and start putting it together. Some of the the troubles and, and issues that I might run into along the way. Uh, I think we'll even get an episode in here about talking about uh, cables and how do you size that. Um, how do I need to find, know if I need a 6-gauge wire or need a 8-gauge wire? Uh, how many amps am I carrying across there? Some good ham radio stuff uh, to know and things to think about uh, in our world as we are you know, measuring out radios and power supplies. Some of those things you learn in technician and general uh, life uh, as you're learning your, your uh, getting your license. But... Uh, you don't always know how to apply it after the fact. So I will certainly help you and walk you through some of that and what that looks like. Um, maybe provide a great uh, app as well for, for measuring some of those things. Well, if you'd like to be able to um, uh, help support the channel and become a patron, look for me on buymeacoffee.com forward slash the ham radio guy. There you can find three levels you can support the channel at, a technician, a general, or an extra level. And you can simply support the channel, even just as simple as dollar a month, and get the extra class membership with more benefits uh, if you want for just a little bit more. And I appreciate you reaching out and, and doing that, and you'll find uh, information there uh, on posts and, and show notes as well. And um, 
you know, some exclusive content I try and provide. So please reach out to uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash the ham radio guy. Well, we have a sponsor again. Uh, continue with Club Gear Online for all you Poto uh, swag and your ham radio gear. Check out recent items released uh, from Club Gear Online. Uh, some stuff he did uh, showcase at the Huntsville Ham Fest and were the ever popular desktop mats. It is like a, a 12 by 18 type of mat. It's really nice. Uh, with a band plan, everything on there, great for your desktop um, or your radio, you know, at, at a park. He's got Poto keychains, kind of like your removed before flight tags uh, that you've seen uh, people have. Uh, those are really nice. And, of course, his ever-popular metal band plans uh, that he does uh, do all by hand. So Club Gear Online has what you need. He can customize uh, coins or poker chips, QSL cards, and other gear. Just email him direct from the website and visit clubgearonline.com for more information and uh, to find your favorite ham radio swag. But we'll move into a little news. And from the Amateur Radio News Desk, with a release date of August 30th, 2023. We have uh, three stories this week. The first one will be uh, the amid Northwest Territories wildfires crisis and Yellowknife's evacuation outcry uh, grows over uh, Meta's Canadian news blog. Evacuees struggle uh, to access updates despite Facebook's ban. CBC North's radio broadcast provides crucial updates. Crisis underscores the importance of diverse media and emergencies and calls calls mount for Meta to lift the news ban along real-time fire info sharing. Meta's embargo links to Canada's online news act aiming for social media revenue sharing. Debate surrounds the law impact on journalism and quality and alternative solutions. So basically the short of that is that Facebook has a news ban and in Canada... And uh, that's where radios continue to be important and to be able to support uh, people to get the information they need about the wildfires and, and what's growing, especially in a, um, you know, in a crisis. Uh, it's good to have the diverse media and information there. So in a uh, story I, I broke uh, in Ham Radio uh, News World, uh, I've wrote this story myself. You can find links to it in the show notes. And it's being produced by several, uh, or reproduced by several uh, news sources. Uh, but in a stunning display of unity, the ham radio community rallied around Renee 6 KR5 SIX as she fiercely leaped from 12,800 feet in a parachute jump on August 18th. The jump dedicated to her husband, Vern 6 KV5 SIX, who uh, was supported uh, by fellow YouTubers and ham radio enthusiasts with the guidance of well-known parachute mobile ham operator KD9LLN. Renee's precise execution of the jump amazed the world, making history as the first woman to tandem skydive while making an amateur radio contact QSO, which was to her husband as the first contact. Renee's courage and dedication in inspiring a new wave of adventure seekers. This incredible feat highlights the power of camaraderie and determination with the ham radio community. So it is a great story. It's very heartwarming and uh, just very endearing uh, that she was able to 
help uh, make uh, Vern's 15th jump uh, that she was able to do that for him. I'm not sure that uh, my spouse would do the same. So, uh, and I know several others that would not do that either. So, uh, a very loving and daring wife uh, to, for that story. Uh, reach out to uh, the link in the show notes to hear read and more about that. It is just a great story coming out of Huntsville Ham Fest. Uh, not something she. Um, I interviewed her specifically, and she didn't really have any intentions of jumping out of plane when she went to Huntsville this year. Uh, and it just kind of through conversation. It just kind of changed, and uh, there she did it. So uh, great job, Renee, and, and continue to follow them on their uh, YouTube channel with Renee and Vern at What's Up With Six. Uh, he does a great channel over there as well. FEMA and the FCC will team up for a nationwide emergency alert system, EAS, in the wireless emergency alert test on October 4th starting at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time. The EAS will be sent to the radios and TVs while the WEA will target consumer cell phones, making it the second such cell phone test. The aim is to ensure efficient public warning during emergencies. If postponed, the test will take place on October 11th. The WEA message will be conveyed in English or Spanish, while the EAS test will last around one minute and involve various media providers. There you have for this week in news. A couple of short stories. Again, kind of a short episode, but um, we'll get into the actual nuts and bolts of this a little bit and talk about emergency communications. Now, I've got several topics here. I have four segments that uh, I'll try and cover in this. And again, kind of a highlight overview. I could probably do a, a, an episode on each section, but um, for now, we'll just kind of give a highlight, the beginning phase of this um, series of videos or podcast. And so we'll be discussing how satellite communications, especially how high the Earth orbit and geostationary uh, satellites are, and they're changing the game for emergency responders. Uh, we'll explore the potential of integrating technologies, even like Starlink and Ariden network into emergency response scenarios. We have a great Ariden uh, network here in Middle Tennessee. and. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll set the stage by highlighting the importance of staying, you know, resilient and prepared as well. And so I think we'll start off with that first uh, of, of some of those uh, topics because you have to take care of yourself for, if you don't take care of yourself first, then it's hard to take care of others, right? So even when you get on a plane and they tell you, you know, put your mask on first, if the oxygen level drops, then assist others. And so kind of the same way here. Uh, when it comes to emergency situations, you know, one of the key principles, I think, is ensuring your own safety and well-being. And that's why it's crucial to have a plan in place to sustain yourself during short-term off-grid situations. You don't know when or where those are going to happen, where you might be when it happens. And, you know, um, <clears throat> do you have an uh, alternative for power sources like solar or wind? Do you have a generator? Uh, food and water storage solutions, or other strategies to you know ensure your own personal safety. Uh, so those are all things to think about what you might have available. You know, I've got generator, I've got solar. So I mean, I've got uh, some larger batteries I could back up to. Uh, so I definitely have my own uh, capability uh, for those sort of things that I need to, to for a day or two. Do I have enough gasoline on hand right now? No, I don't. I'd be you know a little hosed when it comes to that. And 
and being able to take care of yourself is the foundation of, you know, effective emergency response uh, by thinking, you know, you don't want others to have to be able to take care of you or, or be able to rescue your butt when, you know, S hits the fan. Um, so, you know, by thinking creatively about sustainable power and resource management, uh, you know, individuals and, and communities alone can be better equipped to weather the storm. Um, you know, whatever that might be, a tornado or earthquake or a hurricane, um, you know, anything else, just severe flooding. So, you know, think about those things, what you need to be prepared. Uh, can you, now, there's all kinds of stuff out there from uh, FEMA and uh, <clears throat> the different, uh, even government agencies will put out some things like, here's the list of what you need in case of emergency. You know, do you have a two-day bag? Do you have your medications? Do you have you know, power and you have a supply of water and all those different things. Um, so there's checklists out there you can find. There's lots of templates out there. I don't need to provide them, but, you know, something it, it is good to have uh, as your backup. And especially if you know severe weather's coming, do you have enough time to plan and prepare for that? Or are you prepared ahead of time? And that's something you really need to think about. Um, there's probably some things right now that I'm not prepared for myself. Uh, and I really need to have that uh, ready. And so uh, this may be a lesson to myself and things to think about that I need to think on, work on myself. It's, um, you know, it's ever-changing, and um, it's part of life sometimes. But uh, I, I don't want to uh, get caught, per se, with my pants down, you know. Um, so anyway, I, I hope that, uh, you know, I don't want someone having to rescue me and, and spend efforts on that when I should be helping other people instead. And that's really what it gets back to is, is helping other people and, and, and make sure they don't have to help you. Um, you're able to do, you know, your own rescues, uh, your own, you know, have your own survivability. So, um, let's talk a little bit about satellite communication. It's become more and more popular with, with the use of, of Starlink and, um, you know, we can, how we can use satellite communication and it's, and it's revolutionary impact on income nowadays. Uh, I knew a guy out in Kentucky that had three or four of these and he used them during some of the Kentucky floods in like 2022. And when some of the storms and things happened out there, he was able to deploy them for different companies to get their internet back up until uh, local utilities could get, you know, the internet uh, going again. And we all know about, you know, low earth uh, orbit satellites that provide the window of communication during outages. Uh, but what if we told you the high earth orbit and geostationary satellites are on the horizon, uh, offering more extended and more reliable communication uh, and options for emergency responders? Uh, being one myself for many years, I didn't really have this option. It was all based on, on LTE and local, um, you know, Wi-Fi maybe in the city and, uh, you know, different uh, carriers, whether it be like Verizon or, or AT&T for getting that signal out through our mobile routers and our cars. But, uh, you know, do we have the option for satellite now to, to have emergency responders using that instead of a, an LTE signal that gets tied up and gets busy or power goes out, they don't have the access to it. Um, maybe you'd have that access to a satellite communication and, and keep, keep in communication with your dispatch during that time. Something um, certainly, you know, great and worth thinking about. Um, but an organization I wouldn't have thought of, that's right, organizations like AMSAT are exploring the potential of high Earth and orbit and geostationary satellites 
to enhance income capabilities. Um, that's a great organization. They do a lot. I'd love to be able to get into some satellite, just making satellite contacts even. That's a whole other topic in itself. But AMSAT does do a lot of good work, and, and, and uh, you know, that's incredible that they're trying to work on these sort of things. And, you know, having a, a, a continuous coverage over a Pacific area, allowing for real-time voice and data and, you know, even video communications, uh, that's incredible going up to space and back and, and you know, again, high-orbit high um, satellites. I mean, that could be invaluable for coordinating responses and emergency efforts um, and, and even sharing critical information. Uh, I think that's just that's awesome that we could get satellites to be able to do that and not have to rely on local cell towers running out of power. Now, I know, like, AT&T and stuff is responsible for keeping those towers up during emergencies the best they can or as soon as the you know a storm has passed they they have only so much time to get those towers back up because of first net and that's part of that federal uh, plan or you know that um agreement that they have with the federal government for for using first net so uh you know but there's again it's only so reliable um where you know satellites probably a little bit more um, reliable than that, uh, have a, a constant and consistent uh, uh, signal. So, you know, that kind of brings me into talking about Starlink. And, you know, again, there's been a lot of buzz around this with people having issues of receiving a signal or having a signal. And maybe there's not enough signal in that in your area yet where you live. They're still deploying in, uh, ones uh, to, to have coverage up in those those gaps in those areas, but, um, you know, it, it's basically become almost like a, a satellite constellation, um, around the earth, uh, to have, you know, enough signal and uh, enough satellites to be able to have coverage, uh, around everybody. And so that, you know, that, that's tough in itself that what Elon's done, uh, but it's incredible at the same time. And so, you know, Starlink can fit, you know, seamlessly into disaster scenarios like I described. The guy had several of them up in Florida or up in Kentucky during floods. And so, you know, providing even access uh, remote to, to remote locations maybe if need be. Uh, could be, I don't know, data center would be, you know, not enough because it would be so much in there. But just even this might be another small business. Um, and then... If, you know, the towers weren't taken out, uh, you know, a lot of Airden amateur radio emergency data network uh, networking could be going on, uh, could, you know, could be providing some extensions uh, that might work even with the Starlink connection. I'm not sure how that would work exactly. Uh, I'd have to dig into that a little bit and see if that's possible. But creating a capability for, again, for emergency communications and MCOM. Um, and again, I, I will, you know, interchangeable use those, MCOM and emergency communications, but that's what I'm, you know, talking about. The global coverage of Starlinks, uh, you know, has great potential, and Aridin's mesh networking technology is pretty good too. Uh, it, it can work. Uh, you got to make sure you have all the links up. That's the tough part. And if you got one link down, then your whole system could be down on that too, and, and make it tough to to get out. But uh, you know, we're always looking for new ways to establish a resilient communication network in a challenging situation. And so I think by levering some of these technologies, 
you know, emergency response teams, amateur radio operators, uh, first responders, you know, can, they can stay connected. You can exchange information and you can coordinate efforts more effectively, hopefully by getting, you know, even utility companies and public service workers, you know, involved on some of that uh, to, to be able to talk around. And I just think that makes a huge difference. Well, the fourth and final segment I have for this, <clears throat> excuse me, empowering uh, local communities uh, with this. Again, this very high level uh, talking here for MCOM and just thinking about some different ideas and some things we can, uh, you know, start engaging our brains with and thinking about what we need to do. But, you know, we have amateur radio operators, and you may be listening to this. Maybe you're not an amateur radio operator. And so you go, well, what, what type of tools can I leverage? Um, how, can, how can I be empowered to, to do this? I don't have ham radio. I don't have satellite communication. But, you know, we want to take innovation a step further. Um, again, how you as an individual uh, or maybe a group can empower uh, local communities through enhanced communications and alert capabilities. Um, APRS can provide some great alert systems. I've got a guy here locally that does a good job with that and, and can create uh, alerts based on certain things. And I'll maybe provide a, maybe a link to a future video of him, uh, of, of his stuff when it comes out, but uh, just talking about some APRS and storm tracking. Um, the... Um, you not only can utilize ham radio for um, radio, but sometimes you might have like an FRS radio or GMRS radio. So individuals can create comprehensive communications networks within their own neighborhoods. And here in Middle Tennessee, I've got a guy that has, you know, he's put up five or six different GMRS repeaters. He's linked a few of them together. And so we have a great network here in Middle Tennessee uh, a resource that, you know, he's also put up several DMR radios, uh, repeaters as well. But we can utilize those uh, as comprehensive communication networks within our neighborhoods to communicate with maybe non-ham family members or, or neighbors. Uh, you can ham them a radio and say, hey, stand here on the road and tell me what, you know, if the water starts rising. Um, you know, or maybe you can you see if the river's rising or whatever. Maybe they need... You know, if something happens, call me for emergencies. So there's definitely some options there. Um, you know, this enables you to um, serve as a hub for sharing, you know, health and welfare information with, you know, local officials or, um, you know, provide other important, you know, updates during emergencies and storm information. So... You know, again, you've got multiple resources from just taking care of yourself. You've got the satellites using things like uh, Starlink and, and uh, Airden, Amateur Radio Emergency Data Network. You've got FRS and GMRS radios. Maybe you've got a local network in your own area you can use. Um, so, uh, you know, there you have it, uh, folks. You, you've got... Uh, you know, several things with innovation in, in emergency communication that's opening up, you know, new horizons for individuals and communities uh, to stay connected and informed uh, during, you know, emergencies of some sort. Uh, whether, again, whatever that might be, 
whether it's a tornado or a hurricane, uh, flooding. So, you know, embracing advanced uh, satellite technology, uh, you know, to build self-sufficient systems. You can buy your own, you know, Starlink. Uh, and maybe that's what you need to help keep, uh, you know, local communications networks up. Maybe you're an IT guy. You can help keep a neighborhood, you know, uh, IT up and running. Uh, if other internets are out, maybe you can provide some type of possibility to neighbors to help provide Wi-Fi in the area. You know, the possibilities are truly exciting and, and limit, uh, unlimitless, um, just infinite. Um, so, you know, let your mind just run with whatever you want to for ideas and creativity on, on having, you know, that type of uh, communications networks available to you. But remember, being prepared and adaptable is the key to effectively navigating the challenges of emergencies, uh, you know, that are brought your way. So anyway, I just want to say, you know, there you go. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode and, uh, you know, stay safe, stay connected and, you know, keep innovating and finding new ways to have emergency communications work for you. And, and what does that, you know, look at, uh, what does that, uh, look like for you? If you've got any questions in regards to this, uh, reach out to me at w0metaaar.net. I'd love to hear more from you on uh, what your ideas are of, of other things that you might be using in your area. Um, do you agree you know, with these sort of things? Um, do you, are these other bad ideas? Is, you know, do you not like one of these ideas? I'd love to hear from you. Again, reach out to me at w0metaaar.net. And... Uh, you know, you can look for me at all things ham radio related. Uh, you can visit the Ham Radio Guy website at thehamradioguy.com for informative content, product reviews, and exciting blog posts. Uh, join the conversation on your favorite podcast platform to stay up to date with the latest trends and news information in the ham radio world. Uh, connect with me on Twitter at thehamradioguy for even more updates and engaging interactions. And don't miss out on the fun and knowledge sharing. Uh, subscribe to the Ham Radio Guy podcast here today. I appreciate your support. Thank you for your continued listener support. And, and I hope that uh, you know, you'll continue to listen to other episodes. And I just thank you for uh, being there. And uh, you know, I've surpassed 2,000 downloads now. And I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And thank you for doing that. And I know I've got listeners worldwide now. And I'm great to, and, and very uh, humbled by that. So uh, I hope that I do find this to be an informative and educational podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Well, uh, if you're here in the U.S., uh, like I said, I do got people worldwide. But uh, check out your local AWRL HamFest uh, page. And I always have a link to that in the show notes uh, for the HamFest schedule from the AWRL. But um, on September 10th, just about a week from now, the AWRL Southern New Jersey Section Convention and Hamfest will be in Maloka Hill, New Jersey. I think I said that right. Uh, September 22nd to 23rd is the HRL Superfest, hosting the AWRL Wisconsin State Convention in Milwaukee. On September 23rd, the Red River Radio Amateur 2023 Hamfest, sponsored by the AWRL Dakota Division Convention, will be in West Fargo, North Dakota. And finally, Spokane uh, Valley in Washington will be hosting uh, the AWRL Washington State Convention on September 23rd, uh, the same as Red River Valley. So um, that is your ham fest schedule, your news, 
our topic of the week. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you for uh, listening to this podcast. Again, if you want to become a subscriber, wherever you get your podcast, you can rate and review the show. Go out to Spotify or Apple, your favorite podcast platform, or, hell, you can just go out to the old school and tell friends and family, neighbors, anybody you think you might want to hear uh, that would like to listen in. If you're on social media, be sure to follow me at, on Twitter and buymeacoffee.com. You can also listen on YouTube version of the W0MET channel. As always, I hope that you learned something as well this week that will help you in your ham radio operations. And if you have questions or comments, please feel free to leave them on Twitter, the podcast platform, or email me at W0MET at ARRL.net. As always, this is your ham radio buddy in the chair and on the air. The Ham Radio Guy, I say 73, W0MET.